You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Van Flippers, Lamb Goaters, Van Goaters, Lamb Flippers, whatever you are, welcome back to the show. I hope the middle of December has been treating you very well. I hope the holidays, either you're celebrating the holidays or you're about to celebrate the holidays, but I hope those go well for you. I hope you end 2020 on a high note instead of a low note, like maybe most of the year has been. I know music's not been around, live shows haven't been going on, but hey, you know what? We're definitely going to get there one day. Who knows how? Who knows when, but I believe. Thank you for supporting the podcast, everybody. If you listen to us, if you share us, if you spread us around like a virus on social media, I don't know if virus was maybe the proper word to use in 2020, but hey, I'll take it. Why don't you go ahead and let a friend know that, you know, this is the best podcast that you've ever heard. I know we're the number one metal hardcore podcast that doesn't, you know, give no shits, take no guffs. You know, we don't make the rules. We just play by them. Visit lambgoat.com for the most up-to-date news around the hardcore and metal world. Make sure you like Lambgoat on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Lambgoat. Head over to the Lambgoat YouTube page and subscribe. Mash that like button, smash that subscribe button, you know, whatever the kids are saying these days. You can check out all of these episodes in video format, plus other Lambgoat content on our YouTube channel. You can tweet the podcast directly, at Van Flip Podcast. Let me know what you think of the show, or who my next guest should be. If you want to follow me directly on social media, you can do so. My name is Lurk, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Lurk City. And if you're just too lazy, all of these links and our guests' social media links and contact links and all that are going to be in the show notes. So make sure you go ahead and check that out. Also, while you're down there, give us a rating and a review. All right, enough yapping. Let's get to trapping. This week's guest, we have guitarist from Periphery, Mark Holt. Oh, yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh, yeah, this is the stuff. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Lamb Goat presents. The Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Back on the pod. This week we got Mark Holcomb. And again, I'm joined by Alex, old uh, webmaster of the old dot com. Thank you for sharing your time with us. And Mark, welcome to the show, big guy. How are you doing? Big guy. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's, uh, It's nice to be on here. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. All right. You know, 2020 vibes. 2020 vibes. Yeah. I feel you, man. Sitting here wearing sweatpants. Well, technically not sweatpants. Shorts for once. I typically wear sweatpants around the house. I feel like I've worn sweatpants every damn calendar day this year. You know, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm are saying- you in? Are you, so you're in the DC area, I assume. Uh, no, I actually live in Austin, somewhere? Texas. Oh shit! See, yeah. I, I didn't, my, all my seven interns didn't do 
pre-show research appropriately. <laughs> so I apologize. Well, Fireman, man. man. That's yeah. much better weather than DC. Yeah. yeah, man. I've been here for five years, and that's it's funny you mention that because that's one of the primary reasons I moved here. And you know, I have family here. Uh, I have in-laws, and uh, you know, we're at the point where, like, in 2015, we we're like, well, we can all kind of like make a life work remotely. You know what I mean? Apart from one another in the sure. band. So, uh, yeah, I moved here in 2015, and I, I couldn't be happier. Like, Austin's a great place to be if you guys have ever been here before. I have been. No, there. I have oh, been there. Sorry. It is a fun place, and it's good to know that you guys are so mega popular and rich that you guys can just, you know, live anywhere and still be in a band. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it has less to do with how successful we are and how, you know, how financially well-off Periphery is than than have it being to do with uh, just the nature of how we see each other. Because, like, we only ever saw each other, even in D.C., like I'd see the guys for writing and I'd see them right before a tour for rehearsal, you know? And as long as we do that, as long as we're willing to, you know, fly out and get together for writing sessions and fly out and get together for rehearsal, then life is actually pretty much the same. In fact, uh, I miss the guys even more. So my friendships, I feel like with everybody else in the band have, uh, have become fortified since we all moved apart. It's funny as that, you know, the absence makes the heart grow stronger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most yeah, cliches are uh, true for a reason. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to that. Where do you where do you guys live? Uh I live in uh let's say about an hour north of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I am in and Florida. David is go ahead, Dave, sorry. I am in Jacksonville and I am wearing a t shirt. Well you're also wearing a t shirt as well, Mark, but Yeah. I can wear it. It's snowing here. Yeah. Snowing here, and we're supposed to get like a foot before the night is through, which sucks. Ooh, tundra, man. Yeah, I want to move south, <laughs> and I just might do that at some point. Is there anybody in periphery that's still in D.C.? Um, Matt, our drummer, has lived in Baltimore his whole life, and he's not going anywhere. You know, like he's 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 firmly planted. But no, everybody's since dispersed. Like you know, everybody lives everywhere. We got members in California, Nevada. Um, Baltimore, like I said, our bass player, Nolly, I mean, before he left the band, uh, in 2016, he lived in England, the, 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 the entire duration of his tenure in periphery. So, you know, we, we've made it work, man. I, I think we have the whole, you know, living, working remotely, uh, thing down. Yeah. It sounds like it. When was the last time you guys were actually together as a band in the same room? Oof, uh, on tour, you know, uh, back earlier this year. So, I mean, I, I've since, uh, I've worked with Misha, uh, in the past couple months, he and I are actually recording a new Haunted Shores record. It's like, right. uh, it's like this sort of thrash, you know, black death metal prog project that we have. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that were, um, that was, we're, that was, uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I remember that band, <laughs> um, yeah. that predated your time in periphery, uh, and uh, part of my ignorance, but when was the last time Haunted Shores released a record? Let's see. We put out an EP. It was like a six-song EP, like a 28-minute record um, uh, called Viscera. I think we put it out in 2016. Okay. Uh, and the excuse for not going back to that, because it's always been, like we call Periphery a passion project because we like to go to it to have fun. We like to sort of 
seek all of our kicks in periphery, but Haunted Shores is, is even more of that. It's like we can make this ultra fast, technical, brutal music with no vocals on it uh, and just have it be just like, you know, tech death worship, you know, uh, and have fun. And, and we've always been yearning for that, you know, the past four or five years, but periphery schedule has been too crazy. So right now has been a great excuse. Like that's, that's kind of all I've been doing the past handful of months here has been writing for that, writing for periphery. Um, so yeah, I saw, I saw Misha about a month and a half ago and he and I were working pretty hard on that. Uh, but other than that, I mean, we're, we're collaborating on things remotely, sort of, uh, seeing how that goes. So 2021, hopefully would be a more active year for us and, and hell the entire music industry. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Now, how does, uh, you know, something like this, the inability to tour, how does that impact periphery financially, say, compared to, I don't know, other bands of your size? More or less so, the same? I know, obviously, you guys have your own label thing going on, so perhaps that affords you a little bit more um, insulation from, you know, the requirements of touring. But I imagine this has been a big pain in the ass. It has. It has. Thankfully, it hasn't been a backbreaker, which which is kind of what I dread on behalf of a lot of other bands and artists out there, um, you know, artists that I love. Fortunately, I'm in a position and we're in a position where this is not going to destroy us, it's not going to break us. Um, in fact, it kind of affords us time to pursue other things and and, you know, have that next record ready to go, which we're already writing for. And, uh, you know, to, to answer your question a little more, a little bit more directly, I, I don't think it's as affected us as much as some of the other bands out there, mainly because sort of around 2014, 2015, we, we kind of had this change in, in the way we operate. Because if you look at us historically, I'd say anywhere from 2009 to 2014, we would be on tour a lot. You know, we would tour anywhere from four to seven, maybe eight or nine months a year some years and that took its toll on us as a band you know we went through a lot of growing pains around 2013 2014 and uh i think we learned that for us to love what we do and to make it sustainable more importantly like we we know we have fun jobs right but we don't want to burn ourselves out to where we don't even want to do these jobs anymore so we want to make sure that they stay sustainable and there was no way I could have sustained, you know, into my mid thirties and late forties and eventually, or sorry, late thirties and eventually my forties, um, a touring lifestyle where I was on the road, you know, six to eight months out of the year and the rest of the guys felt the same way. So, um, we wanted to start our record label. We wanted to sort of, you know, keep periphery the focus, but also fortify these other ways to stay financially afloat. You know, like the, the companies were starting having signature instruments, uh, being able to the clinics. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Hi there. <laughs> Some people don't respect my basement here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, it's something that we've had in mind for a long time to be less reliant on touring and sort of have the freedom to pursue these other avenues in our uh, respective careers so that, you know, we don't have to spend so much time touring. Also, nobody could have foreseen a, a pandemic coming, you know, and, and in this way, I think we were a little bit more prepared because nobody expected us to tour right now. Anyways, you know, nobody expects to see out, us out there every other month in your town. So, um, 
so for us, it, it's definitely been in the pain in the ass, but I, I think thankfully we're, we're well equipped for it, you know? Yeah, that certainly sounds like, and that makes sense. Uh, I remember when you guys, uh, you know, went the, the route of self-releasing, um, you know, records, starting your own label. There was much publicized, uh, I don't say argument, but just discussion, you know, with Ash of Sumerian Records. And, you know, he seemed to think it was a bad move, obviously. It's in his best interest to not have you guys leave Sumerian. So, uh, you know, whether or not that's an honest uh, opinion coming from him, uh, who knows. But that aside, well, not that aside, but Ash aside, in hindsight now, uh, how do you view that decision? Uh, I realize, you, you know, I'm not asking you to necessarily admit it was a bad idea or a great idea. Just some reflection, uh, you know, four years out, five years out. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that's that's one of the reasons we loved working with Ash is, you know, because because he always shot straight and he always spoke his mind to us, even if, if he knew it would rub us the wrong way or if we wouldn't agree with it. He would always deliver what he thought very directly to us. And I remember that. Uh, and I wasn't shocked at that, nor, nor was anybody in our camp like, you know, like, oh, I can't believe that, you know, um, that's his opinion. And there were a lot of other people who probably thought we were foolish too. And we respect those opinions. Um, for us, I think it just boils down to this, um, this obsession that dates back years really to, to having our own autonomy, you know, to, to having control over it and not to say that us being signed of Sumerian, or whatever other record label had we signed somewhere else, you know, that would have been a hindrance or would have colored our music in some way, which I don't think would have been the case. Um, we just like having control of everything down to the bone. And, uh, and, you know, to, to answer your question, I, I don't regret, <laughs> um, you know, founding our own record label. If anything, it's sort of reinvigorated my love for, for doing this and reinvigorate my love for, for finding new bands, you know, because we've been releasing, you know, for instance, we put out P4 on it. We put on our last record. We've been putting out all of our side projects, the next Haunted Shores record that's, you know, approaching its, its finish here. That'll be out on the record label. Um, we put out a release from this band called Infinity Shred um, last year. And, you know, we have some other things in the pipeline that have nothing to do with periphery or any of our sort of satellite projects. So, um, that's that's been a big difference in my life personally just getting excited about discovering new music again so so no i i am I'm, I'm very content with it and and i think it's one of the best decisions we've ever made as a band you know it's it's something that we had daydreamed about for a long time and it became a reality and we had to take the plunge you know yeah not to get you uh to kind of dish on anybody on at your old uh label in Sumerian, but we're you said that you liked having control of everything. Were you getting some kind of kind of uh, you know not pushback, but just kind of like someone in your ear over there about like how you may uh, I don't want to say like write songs, but how you handle releases or maybe like how how albums are you know handled? Is is that why another I mean like that play into the whole thing about taking the reins in your own hands? Well, you never. I mean, okay. So no matter what situation you're in, whether you're working with management or record label you're always going to get some kind of two cents, you know, um, thankfully. And this is why I look back on the experience with Sumerian as a plus and something that, that we learned from, but also something I'm like, you know, like I, I, 
I wish them no ill will because they always let us have our cake and eat it too. Let us do our thing. Uh, they, they didn't really pitch in with any kind of creative uh, feedback ever. Um, I know they've done that with some other bands on their roster over the years, but with us, they, they kind of understood, and this is why we liked them, that we are stubborn individuals. And instead of battling us and everything, they kind of let us do our thing and then would chime in when they felt strongly about something, Ash would. Um, but, uh, but like I said, you know, he's always, he's always earned our respect in that way. So, um, so no, I, I, I wouldn't say that they even, that they even applied this like sort of pressure to us where we felt like we had to rattle free. It was just, I feel like it was just this evolutionary move that, you know, when we took a look down the line, 10, 15, 20 years later, like I want to be doing this and I want to have a record label and I want to have bands on it and a million side projects. It's like, this is the beginning, I feel like, of a of a big step that we wanted to take that could have either could have either, you know, failed horribly or got off to a promising start. And you know, we're only one periphery record in to self releasing. You know, Periphery Four was our only self released album up to this point. Um, we're releasing all of our back catalog now uh, since we own the masters on the record label, and um, it's been positive. Like I, I have no complaints. It's it's more work, but. Uh, but we're down for the work. We have a great team in place running the label. And um, yeah, I think we all just embrace the change, you know? Are you guys, how, I'm sorry, are you guys not, um, how hands-on are you all at, at the label? You said you had a team, so I just didn't know if you had like, uh, if you're just like the big wigs of the label and everyone kind of reports to you and make, like you guys make final decisions or are you guys like hands-on with like finding new music per se? Oh, hands on, or it's, it's as hands on as it gets. Like, um, I mean, we we have conference calls every week where we uh, where we knock out periphery business uh, and three dot business. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you at least every couple calls uh, we're bringing up, you know, new bands or I mean, I know for a fact every call there's progress on some side project um, that we're working on that's planned for the label. So, it's as hands on as it gets. You know, we're all. We're all very involved in it and, and extremely passionate about it. Cool. Now, how how uh, say robust is the infrastructure of your label Three Dot? Uh, it, what I'm asking is, I know you've been releasing some side projects and smaller projects, but let's say one of your peers, more success, not more successful than you, but a you know band of some uh, reputation. Not Metallica, but let's say <laughs> let's say between the Barry to me came to you guys and said, "Hey, we want to release our next record with your label." Is that something you guys could? Are you equipped to handle, or you just have to uh, politely refuse? Oh no, yeah, we we we're very uh, we're very equipped for it. You know that. I mean, that's... I know you could. I know you could handle periphery. Obviously, you could handle that if it was your sole focus. I guess. Mm-hmm. Can you have multiple, you know, simultaneous, sizable projects? Yes. Yes. Okay. Without a doubt. Uh, that's something that we've, we've been building up, um, you know, since we sort of conceived the record label is, uh, is to be able to handle small bands. And, you know, we have, um, we released a record by that band infinity shred, like I was saying, and you know, they're a, they're a smaller band. They're fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, taking on a band of that size is one thing, but you know, a bigger band like, uh, Metallica, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, one of our peers, like you said, um, that could definitely be be possible. Uh, and yeah, we were we're very well equipped to do that. So it's it's a small team that we run. I mean, we uh, 
we uh, we get assistance from our uh, from our management team over a fly south um, group. But uh, but yeah, we're 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 very very well equipped for it. Send your is there, is, to that's Mark like a five person. <laughs> Sorry, David. I I just was asking Mark. Is that you guys are all equal partners in the label? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. A lot of a lot of people to make a, a lot of. Is it a voting system on decisions or, or how did it? Because there's like five of you, right? So, is it majority yeah, rule? It, it kind of just depends, man. Like it depends on what it is. It's it, it almost functions exactly like the band, you know. For for really big sort of landmark decisions, things are going to need to be unanimous, you know. Like we we, oh, we chain. I thought yeah. music could just call shots. <laughs> Yeah, no, we just, yeah, uh, we just, uh, Instagram DM each other and that's how decisions are made. No, um, we, uh, I mean, when it, when it comes to like, you know, a guitar part on a record, you know, if three people like it and the two are iffy on it, it's whatever. But when it comes to big sort of landmark things like signing a band, like what to name our record, um, you know, who to fire like things like that like really sort of like earth-shaking decisions things need to be unanimous and thankfully i think we all have an an understanding as i think you know in most workplaces uh, they seem to have that down um the kinds of decisions that need to be unanimous you know versus majority so misha doesn't have any sort of founder veto <laughs> <laughs> no no thankfully uh i mean the way the way periphery has always worked is like this and and this is one of the reasons like back in i joined in uh, 2010 i think um wikipedia says 2011 but uh, i'll trust you okay no, I, I, i'm horrible with years okay okay i trust wikipedia then <laughs> <laughs> trust in Wikipedia. you were on you were on every were you on the first release with sumerian or, or did you come in on number two i i the first record i wrote and recorded on was periphery two okay um and uh, i i did the p1 touring cycle but i was not on the actual record um one of the draws for me getting into the band in the early days was that it was a democracy you know i knew misha was the founder and i was good friends with him but um when i sort of found out the dynamic of the band was that you know at this point in time whenever it was 2009 2010 2011 the first record consists mainly of demos and ideas that misha had conceived over a handful of years but the band was looking to go into this more democratic direction where the whole band would be writing songs. Um, there wouldn't be a sort of monopoly on the shares from the band. You know, it would be owned by everybody, um, you know, one fifth per member, uh, one sixth per member when we had a bass player. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to be part of a band and, you know, we've always functioned like that from top to bottom, you know, albeit, you know, Jake and Misha have been around the longest in the band. I think Misha started the project periphery in like 2006 or something like that. And then Jake joined up in 2007 or eight. Again, I could be fucking up the years, but sounds, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Go Wikipedia. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I mean, the, the democratic process, I honestly, uh, I just assumed like Misha ran the show and you guys had to uh, defer to him. Not that he wouldn't, you know, uh, solicit and accept advice. Just, I don't know. The impression I got as an outsider was, you know, the buck would stop with him. Well, his, his, his sort of role in the band is, is extremely vital because he's always been 
the absolute best in our group at, at arranging and recording and engineering. So to have him sort of head up the writing processes, to be manning the computer while we write, and have him sort of be in charge of arrangement um, and and just a lion's share of recording when we're demoing, when we're writing records. I mean, he takes on so much, and you know, he he wears a lot of hats in that regard. Um, so I, you know, I I he's so, he's sort of the leader in that respect. Um, but down to a business standpoint and down to decision making and all that, we're uh, we're very very much democratic. I thought you were going to say he's the best guitar player in the band, and uh, <laughs> that would be a. Who is the best guitarist? In- yeah, that was my <laughs> next question. Who is the best? <laughs> um, that would, of course, be uh, be me. No, um, I, I that's think we fair. All our, no, I think we all have our strengths. I think Misha is, is is the best at coming up with just these wacky riffs and lead lines and and uh, and, and 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 riffs and songs. Man, like he he's a, he's an alien. You know, he's one of a kind. Jake has this really clean sort of like textbook technique on guitar and uh i'm i'm just a hack cool I'm a hack. Is, that a, is that a joke or you're really <laughs> no, no. I, I mean i i feel like i've uh i've i've grown leaps and bounds from just being around those guys i don't know i just do my own thing i don't like to self-critique uh i, I don't know like i have my strengths and i'm and i'm definitely aware of that but um I, i'm more of like a, a riff writer like i'm not the craziest lead player in the world but i i pride myself a lot on uh, on writing riffs and songs and uh and yeah again that was one of the the perks of joining the band back in the day was uh you know if you join up you can contribute songwriting ideas like you come to the table and we want you to be in the shit like in the songwriting process and uh yeah i mean when i joined they they asked if they could use um uh scarlet you know which is a haunted short song um, and have it be out on periphery too. So that's just an example of what I was offered in the very beginning. And, uh, and yeah, I, I walked into a really good situation to be honest, you know, that certainly sounds that way. Uh, speaking of guitarists, you know, you've toured a lot, you've played with a ton of different people, any guitarists in the, the scene over the years that sort of astounded you, uh, was surprisingly good. Anybody come to mind? Hmm. I mean, there were always guys like, like our first big sort of non-club tour. Like when we got into the, like the sort of higher upper echelon of touring was was Dream Theater. So, but we we knew that that John Petrucci was, you know, a freaking wizard. You know, and sure. and we were all just kind of fanboying because we got to watch a band that had inspired us since we were children. You know, um, but we, we've random bands over the years that always blow us away just kind of out of nowhere like i i I was thinking about this guy because he and i collaborated on something recently but uh we toured with revocation one time uh, in 2012 on the summer slaughter tour that samarian put together and revocation was on the bill and i knew they were a thrash band and i hear dave davidson warming up backstage one day and he's not playing thrash he's not playing marty friedman licks you know he's He's playing jazz, like as good as a jazz, like better than a typical jazz guitar player. You know, he sounds like he just walks straight out of freaking Berkeley. Uh, and he, he's one That's of those awesome. guys. Yeah, he's one of these guys. He's like, you know, uh, head to toe tattoo, just looks like a threat. He, he looks like he just got kicked out of Testament or something, you know, except he plays right. jazz a, a, as well as anybody I've ever heard. And uh, 
you run into things like that. There's, there's some other bands like we, we toured with the plenty guys last year and um, like obviously plenty's a, you know, a virtuoso, but just getting to hear these guys do their thing in person is, uh, is inspiring, man. Half depressing, half inspiring. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, some of that depressing, depressing. Uh, <laughs> that, that would ring true for me. I mean, I dabble in guitar. I'm no, I'm no Mark Holcomb or anybody, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, as far as, uh, you know, jazz, I've always, you know, had a, say a level, a higher level of respect for jazz players, because when I tried to mess with jazz, it just like, it's out of my depth, at least as a a player now, now that I, perhaps I just haven't had the right teachers, but, um, if you can play jazz, I feel like you can play pretty much anything. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Not so much vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, it's alien music to me. <laughs> yeah, same. I listen to it, but yeah, I can't. I hear the you chord progressions sm- and yeah. I hear you have yeah. to smoke reefer for it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's one thing. That's one thing that I I uh I haven't done in a long time. I I, I haven't smoked any weed in a uh, year and a half now. Well, you're not writing a record, Mark. <laughs> You don't need to, you know what I mean? You don't need to get jazzy with it until then. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd always be, when I have, I haven't smoked in years, but when I did, my fear would be that, you know, it just sounds better than it is. And uh, you have this <laughs> false sense of enthrallment, you know, wow, that's awesome. And well, that, then, that's you know, two weeks later happens. when you listen back and you're stone cold sober, it's just like, uh, I don't get it. it sounds it's like funny. shit. It's funny you mention that because, you know, 2020 for what it's been, which is a shit show for everybody on the face of the planet. Uh, it's been the most creative year of my life, par- partly because of the pandemic, because, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, uh, immunocompromised people in my family. So I'm not going out, you know, trying to eat at restaurants and things like that. Like I've been, I order my groceries and things like that, you know, like I don't even go to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, so I've had no choice but to sort of, you know, stay indoors and, and work on my craft and be creative. But it's also like, I, I've been sober now. Like I haven't drank in um, over a year, like 14 months now. And, uh, that's and, like no drink whatsoever or just, I haven't gotten inebriated in a year. No, not nothing. nothing. Uh, it's, a, it's just a decision I made, um, last year. And, uh, I gotta say it's completely changed the way I look at writing music. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being being sober and, and sort of looking at things head on and and yeah not using it as a as a as a pick me up or not using it as a way to get inspired you know just sort of going into it uh, completely lucid has been uh, I don't know I find that it's worked wonders for my creativity and and I know that a lot of people out there it's like like vice versa you know, so, yeah sorry like it's I vice think versa. He's, like people, Sorry. people need to. I'm just know, waiting for the the, the the next album to be straight edge hardcore. Then is what I'm hearing. The next periphery is going to be straight edge hardcore. Yeah, yeah it's going to. Yeah, that, <laughs> I wish you guys would just do that just to see your fans' heads explode. But okay. <laughs> yeah. probably not a good financial move. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here, folks. Periphery five, straight edge hardcore. I just posted the headline on Lamb Go. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. 22 minute long record with 19 songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, it's completely changed your, uh, you know, your writing, uh, process. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I, I've been, 
I've I've just been writing a ton, and I've been looking at creativity as sort of uh, as sort of this way to just to to, to sort of simulate like a nine to five. You know, like I'll, I'll get up and I'll just drink a shit ton of coffee and I'll just get to work and start writing and start recording, uh, and that's my day, typically. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, ha- having this so, you know the sober aspect of it is like I don't come back to it later high. I don't come back to it later drunk or I don't need you know, a substance to, to, to help me unlock this sort of, um, you know, this, this no fucks given kind of spirit, which, which I used to love, you know, like that you just shed all of this sort of, um, um, what do you call it? This, this over-examination of music, which I, I think I tend to do a lot. And I, I, I would, you know, have a drink or two or, or, or smoke a little bit or something like that and come back to things and be like, I'm not examining this anymore. This is freaking sweet. Um, <laughs> but it is learn right. to reach that level without having to use something as a crutch. And, uh, and yeah, I think the music's turning out differently. The music's actually crazier. Uh, and uh, it's, it's all over the place. So go figure, you know? Now, is that going to be that, the, the sobriety, is that going to be a challenge when you're back out on the road? Is that something you would utilize sort of calm your nerves playing before big crowds, that kind of thing. Um, I, I don't envision it being, being that way. I do, you know, to be fair, I haven't been out on the road since, uh, since I started that. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, don't I don't know what the, I don't know what the periphery rider is backstage. I mean, maybe it's just, uh, 18 bottles of whiskey and it'll be impossible for you to, uh, be a teetotaler, but it sounds no, I, like you're uh, pretty solid in your conviction there. Yeah, and that that's what it's all about. Like I know plenty of people who uh who tour sober and that that's really what it comes down to is like you have access to whatever you want. You know what I mean? If 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 X or Y is your vice, I mean you have it, you know. Um and um yeah, it, it really just does boil down to how strong one's conviction is. Well, I will yeah. uh, I'll let you know right now, Mark. Uh I also gave I mean I com- I commend you on your uh on your sobriety, obviously, but I also myself um, gave up drinking for a year, and I'll tell you right now, it ain't gonna be fun when if you decide to start drinking again. That's for sure, because I'm sure you had a certain pace that you were used to, uh, you know, and all that other stuff, and all that will come back to you right away when you want to start drinking, and it'll really get you down a bad in a bad spot. <laughs> You'll get uh, drunk way quicker, obviously, because your tolerance will be down. But you'll the hangovers are so much worse now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, how how old are you, by the way? I'm 37, and I gave it up a couple okay. of years ago for about a year, 13 months or so, and then I, uh, I've kind of dabbled in it bet- between here and there, but it's nothing like I'll go months without drinking. So it's one of those things where like it's kind of killed the the taste for it, and you know I can't really enjoy the taste of beer as much as I used to or whatnot, but also. I don't know. You you start realizing, like I'm sure you have in the in the past 14 months, that like you said, you don't need it to maybe calm your nerves or this or the other. And you know, I've had to deal with certain awkward situations, whether they be like um, anxiety ridden or just kind of like speaking in front of crowds or going in front of crowds. And when you have to do that stuff, kind of sober, it's just kind of like whatever. You know, you just it would be easier maybe to step out on stage, but you're going to step out on the stage regardless, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I grew I grew up a very nervous, anxious kid, you know, like I, I, I 
and, and that's that's why I liked it when I was like a 16, 17 year old, you know, um, is that it helped me break out of that, helped relieve a lot of my social anxiety, performance anxiety too, like when it came to performing music. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, for, for me, the, the fun part has been learning how to take on these things. And I say fun, but I'm just trying to convince myself that it's fun, you know, uh, but, uh, it, it's been enlightening, I should say, um, to learn how to do these things head on, you know, to learn how to do them like an adult, you know, right, without right. having to rely on something, uh, to get you through a certain emotion or through a certain, whatever mechanism in life. And, uh, yeah, like I'll be, I'll be 40 in two years, you know, I'm 38 now. So I don't imagine like, you know, if if I ever do pick it back up that it'll get any easier to process, you know, those kinds of things like being hung over or whatnot, which is why, you know, I, I have no plans to go back. Like I'm, I'm really liking the sleep that I get. Yeah. Uh, the, the way I'm able to sort of cope with something shitty happening, like that's a real thing too. Yeah. It's like after a, a, a bad day or after something, you know, less than ideal happens, it's like I feel like we're trained almost societally to be like, fuck, man, I need a glass of wine. All right, God, I need a beer, you know? Sure. Or like even if your freaking football team loses yes. uh, or they win, you know? Or like you, you're yeah. just like, oh, I'm going to go celebrate. We're, but We're trained to numb rather than confront uh, uh, adversity. And uh, being forced to confront it, I think, is, uh, is, a, is a positive thing albeit, you know, it can be painful. Definitely painful. Definitely painful. But, uh, yeah, I feel like learning these things, it's sort of, it's, it's like strengthening this muscle. Like you, you get better at coping with those things. And then the next thing that comes, who knows what it is, you're able to face it with a little bit more, um, awareness and, and strength, you know, and, and, and not sort of hide from it. Um, so, um, so Do you yeah. have any, any vices now? Do you, uh, are you a coffee guy? He drinks a lot of chronic coffee. Chronic masturbator. Smoker. Chronic <laughs> masturbator. Hey, that's hey. more helpful, I think, than, uh, than, uh, alcohol. Do you switch, <laughs> no, off, do you switch from left <laughs> hand to right hand or do you just kind of always use your shredding hand? You know, what? uh, there's this trick called the stranger. Uh, no, I'm yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, familiar, familiar. I've heard that one. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I play a lot of video games. Like that, that's always a vice. But again, it's just like everybody plays video games, man. Like I'm, I'm not sitting in there, like you know, just ordering nine pizzas a day and 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 you know, and 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 gaming twenty four seven. But uh, you know, I, I get over invested in video games. I I, I watch a, a lot of freaking Netflix because it's quarantine twenty twenty. But uh, you know, I, I I I everybody has their vice. Everybody has their issues. But I, I'm mine thankfully are, are are not you know revolving around substances anymore so thankful yeah. for that but serial uh, killing there's serial killing maybe <laughs> he wouldn't admit it right now well i wouldn't advise you to admit it <laughs> you are a serial killer but dm me later and tell me all about it because that sounds cool yeah, because that'd be a juicy break. Yeah, on yeah, Mango, right. you know, <laughs> we've had some yeah. of those. We've had some. Please be year. a serial killer and please give me an exclusive. Thank you. <laughs> so, what was your uh, choice of uh, drink when you were partying and, and everything like that? Were you a beer guy? Were you a liquor guy? Or you know, I, 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 I was wine. I really liked wine. But now, man, like it's funny because like the the, the, the to imagine the taste of wine almost grosses me out. Uh, I don't know what it is, Get but that. like. I think it's because I think it's because it is gross. You just got used to it. 
Maybe, or like the way it made me feel. Um, the the one thing that like I did, I was telling my wife is like I I like I like the like the, the sort of refreshingness of a beer, and I drink non-alcoholic beer, uh, and okay. I like I like kombucha, uh, and it has that that fizzy quality too. Um, but uh, nothing about the inebriation I miss. But yeah, if I had to say one thing, I would say that I miss that like a like a freaking cold beer on a hot day. Um, but again it's all kind of remedied by the fact that they make beer with no alcohol in it, which I, I was just telling someone the other day, it's like, I could drink like freaking nine of these. I wouldn't feel anything. <laughs> I get to have the things that I like, but not have the things that I don't like, you know, which is being fucked up. So it's a win-win. Yeah. It's probably, are those less expensive or more expensive than, I think they're the same price, man. Like, okay. I think they're the same price, which is weird. You'd think they would be like a dollar. For a six pack, you yeah, know, that, because that it doesn't have be, the stuff uh, that people are after. Yeah, they I should, guess they should definitely the, the, the proper synthesis of chemicals is expensive or something. I don't know. Well, they're not as many chemicals going into near beer as there would be beer. There, you know, alcohol is definitely not in there. So I would assume it's everything but alcohol. Yeah. So there's well, got to be something to simulate the the. Well, I don't, I'm so ignorant now. I remember back in the day, my father went through you know periods where he would try drinking non-alcoholic beer like Sharps and uh, whatever those shitty brands were. And I oh, Duels. I uh, yeah. maybe yeah, they were just bad. But I remember they had like they had a small amount of alcohol in it. Uh, you know, a real tiny amount. Um, I don't even know if they're still like that. I don't know what what. <laughs> Is there a mass marketed uh, non alcoholic beer these days, or is it all some sort of niche, uh, you know, local thing? Zima, there are some drink? that have there are some that have zero point zero. They have none, okay. uh, and I like those. There are some that are like zero point five. I think like like if you go buy Oduls, I think that's zero point five, and you have to drink. Like I, I, someone told me this. I'm not sure if this is correct. If you're listening to this and you call me out on being an idiot, then <laughs> fair game. But uh, I've heard that. Like a ripe banana <laughs> has more alcohol in it. Like when when your body processes it, than okay. than like than like a low alcohol content beer. I could be wrong about that, but like like your body converts things in alcohol. I'm going to sound like a total idiot right now. Do um, it. So never mind. I'm not even going to go. Okay, I've heard that there are certain foods and certain things you can eat that that which your body processes and turns into that, and that have a greater likelihood of getting you fucked up than like a really low alcohol content beer. I'm not sure if that's correct. So if I sound like an idiot right now, forget me. Medically, well, it's chemically impossible because the fermentation that occurs post oxidation is precluded by, actually, I have no idea what the fuck. (laughs) Um, It's like, what is he doing? Is he taking us to school really quick? What the fuck? I want to pretend I knew something and I know nothing. So we'll just go with what you said. Somebody you will probably fact check that. I was like, this dude, this dude knows. Oh, my no. God. Just, he's using big <laughs> words. That's all. He's just using big words. Yeah. You know. And I ran out of big words oxidation. really quickly. You said oxidation. I looked at you like you had a freaking lab coat on. Yeah. That was the only word I had in my quiver. Oxidation. <laughs> then I was out. I had to bail. It sounded, really, it sounded really good with right following fermentation because then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh multiple syllable words. Science. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. 
No, I don't know shit. Maybe I'm gonna go eat a few bananas and see what happens. Well, you're I don't right. even really yeah. like you bananas. Know, Mark, Mark just, is ruining like a bunch of straight edge people's diets right now. They're gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, <laughs> "Damn, I can't eat bananas now." There's alcohol and bananas and all sorts of other shit. Hell yeah, take that X off your hand, banana boy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm done with bananas, man. They're going in the. I don't know why they talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> Every straight edge talks like that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be in, man. <laughs> well, uh, so what is fucking white back here? Um, what was I going to say? Periphery. Uh, I guess you guys. You said you have a new album in the works. Uh, you know, we've asked a few other bands that we've spoken to, and it's kind of you know some bands are waiting. So they can properly tour to support the record. Other bands obviously are just, you know, going with it. Do you guys have a prevailing opinion there? Are you going to wait till the pandemic's over before releasing a new record? Or it's at some point it's just going to be too uh, a long await and you guys are just going to have to fire away. I, I was on the fence about that for a while. You know, like I saw bands putting out records and I was like, why? Like, why would you do that if you're not going to tour until 2022, possibly? You know, like, Why? And then, like, like I, we, we talked with our manager. We talked amongst ourselves in the band. Then we saw more bands doing it. And we'd see, you know, that they had successful launches. The records were well-perceived. Well like, like Deftones put out a really killer record that, that I loved. And uh, they went into that full force, and people ate it up. Like, you know, it was just a really well-launched album. And they're not going to tour off of it for God knows how long. Um, yeah, and the list goes on and on and on. But... I think where we're at right now, like we're not even sure if it's going to be an, uh, like a record. We're just writing and we're going to see what happens, which is, I think, how we start all of our records. You know, like we don't know if it's going to be Juggernaut or Periphery 2 or Periphery 3 or whatever. Could be an EP, could be a single, could be whatever. I think right now we're just in the stages of gathering material and, and getting ideas ready, which is, uh, which is really exciting, but but I think we're letting that dictate how our timeline unfolds. You know, we're not going to be like, well, you know, we're not putting out this record until we can tour immediately. I think the value in that is diminishing as time goes on. The more sort of nebulous this whole pandemic music industry situation plays out, um, you know, the, the more uncertain everything's going to be because of that. So. You know, we're, we're not we're not being held hostage by the pandemic as far as releasing music for us. You know, unfortunately, the inconvenience is just like we were talking about living far from one another, not feeling safe to travel to get on a plane sure. uh, away from loved ones at a time like this. So. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's more that we're letting that dictate what we do with music. But uh, to answer your question, no, like we're, we're not waiting for the industry to come back full force to release music like it'll be it'll be out when it's out, just like we've been operating for the past, you know, gotcha. it's not, not, not changing the, uh, the operating procedure. Have you for guys sure. been, uh, you know, look some bands now, American bands who have started announcing European tours for fall of 2021. Is that, is that on your radar at all? I saw that, man. I, that also gives me mixed feelings. Cause it's like a pipe dream maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I see these tours and, and I'm like, damn, that's an awesome bill. Like I get lost in the look right. of it, you know, and I'm like, whoa, I'm jealous. Yes. Like they're going out with them and they're going out with these guys. And, and I get stoked for a second. And then and, you're like, and, is it even going to happen? 
Right, right. And like as as a concert goer myself, you know, as somebody who gets excited when bands come to Austin and play in my neighborhood, um, it's hard for me to get excited about that nine months from now, you know, and and I, I wouldn't buy tickets to just to be frank with you, like I, I wouldn't buy tickets for a show. Nine, I could be dead in nine months, dude. Like, I don't know, like nine months is a long time from now. Um, and, uh, as a band, like from the band perspective, it's like, I, I don't know how I feel telling our fans that like, Hey guys, get stoked about a show that's happening in a year. It's like, unless it's like some massive festival or something where it's sort of, you know, we're at the mercy of a, you know, a bigger name or something like that. But, uh, no, I mean, for, for, for us, like there's no itch, there's no sort of pressure to announce anything coming back. But I mean, I can tell you right here, right now, we have no plans to tour. We have not penciled anything in because, um, you know, we're, we're just waiting to see how things play out. Sadly, it's a shitty situation to feel completely, you know, in the dark and to not have any control, but Hey, everybody's in the same boat, you know, nobody's any different than one another. Yeah. Yeah. So with you guys all being apart, I'm assuming, uh, the fans aren't going to be seeing a, uh, live stream event anytime soon either. We we've kicked that around actually, you know, like it, it would just take us flying into one place, rehearsing for a handful of days or a week, hiring a production crew and, uh, and doing it. You know, and we've we've kicked it around. We tried to make it happen, um, you know, in the coming months. But uh, again, not to sound like an alarmist, it's just none of us feel like it's worth it to leave home right now. You know what I mean? And and and, and that's just the plain truth from all of our perspectives. You know, I I think I take everything very seriously, and the rest of the band does too. So, yeah, I'm not saying you couldn't see that, but. Uh, I know some bands have killed it. Like I saw Under Oath's thing, and they fucking slayed theirs. Um, I think I was something other... today that they made like like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I wouldn't. Have, I don't know. I wouldn't I saw, it. They made. They did uh, multiple yeah. streams though too. So I'm interested to see how that panned out because they did. They they did a handful of albums over the last couple of weeks or months or whatever. They they're streaming that uh, albums. Yeah, they did like uh, you know, they they live streamed a couple albums. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I I saw that. I saw that same article too, and it and it's not surprising when you see the amount of work they put into their production. You know, it was pretty mind blowing. Um, so I think if we were going to do something, the emphasis would have to be on making it special, 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 kind of like they did. You know, not saying we'd rip that would be pretty funny though if we just ripped off their production. <laughs> um, <laughs> do it. Take all their artwork and shit and just cross out their name and put yours. Fuck it. 20. We finish it up and it's like 91 missed calls from under oath. <laughs> so what is with you guys? What is, what, what's with the guys in the, your band liking uh, instrumental music only? Putting out instrumental music only? Because uh, Misha also has a side, his side project, Bulb, that, you know, is instrumental and you were you were, you have some instrumental side projects so i would assume because their their voices suck <laughs> i would assume the other <laughs> no, guys in the other bands are uh not the bands but the other guys in the bands probably also like instrumental music i mean actually I'll, maybe i'll say something that surprises you here I, I i prefer music with vocals over it i do it's just when it comes to at least haunted shores from haunted shores perspective i i, I think 
the music is the most satisfying when it's instrumental, mainly because it's so fucking busy, you know? Um, like I remember the first time I heard Necrophagist, you know, or, or whatever, like, like the face, what's the planetary duality, that record. Like, awesome album. Yeah. Like those kinds of records that kind of shaped their genre for years to come, you know, th- those are landmark bands to me and, and landmark, they represent points in time, which I think you can see other bands trying to emulate, you know? Um, sure. And that kind of music, I, I always thought the vocals were cool, but you'd never listen to it for the vocals, you right. know? And totally. for this music, it's just so fucking, especially the stuff I'm working on now. Um, it's just so fucking nuts instrumentally that I don't know if vocals would, would, would feel right, would sound right over it, you know? And I'm sure we could make them work. And we had Devin Townsend do vocals on a song on our last record. And, uh, that was something he did himself. <laughs> like that was his choice. I sent him a song and then he emailed me back vocals on it. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't premeditate this plan. Wow. To ask that's, him. that's probably quite a mind fuck right there. It was a mind fuck. And, and it, the song worked really well because I, I think he just heard it, you know, like he heard his lines as he heard the music and which is why he was able to write a song in a matter of hours and track a song in a matter of hours and email it back to me. Um, but I think with that being the exception, the music works better instrumentally. Um, but when it comes to like bands that I love, man, like there's really only a handful of instrumental bands that I'll go listen to on a consistent basis. Like animals as leaders is one, um, sure. pl- plenty is one, but like those are outliers and those are kind of the only, like, I think Polyphia is doing some really cool stuff. Uh, intervals does some pretty cool stuff. Like there's just not a whole lot of instrumental bands that I'm like, yeah, I, I'm going to get stoked for that, you know, but I, I just, I really like singers, you know, I, I, I do. And I know that sounds funny and ironic coming from somebody with a couple of instrumental projects. But. <laughs> any, uh, any guilty pleasures that are not, uh, um, what one might expect, like you're an Uber Kelly Clarkson fan or something. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my wife, when she's around the house, she'll blast pop music and I, and I don't hate it. Like I, she'll, she'll play like Taylor Swift and stuff like that. And I don't like that stuff gets stuck in my head. Um, sure, it's meant to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Taylor's designed. kind of gone away from, you know, the, the one dimensional uh, pop. I only know cause my, my daughter, you know, keeps listening to her. Yeah. Latest right. Album. What's that? Yeah, right. You're a big fan guy. We all know. Fine, I am. I respect Taylor. I don't really listen. He to likes folklore. Taylor's he music. likes folklore better than the new album. He doesn't like the new album as much. He doesn't. He, he prefers folk, folklore. Is that the one with the Burzum cover? I, uh, like, yeah, yeah, the metal cover. I don't even <laughs> it has, know. It has like the freaking. She's in the trees like, and shit. Yeah. It yeah. looks like yeah, an impaled Nazarene album cover. Yeah, yeah. You know, like with her in the woods. You would pick it up thinking like, oh, there's going to be some black death metal on this thing. <laughs> yeah, where's the blast? Cultural appropriation. It's horrible. <laughs> it's cultural appropriation. Call her out. You should get her canceled for appropriating think, black metal culture. No, I think some people. I don't not think some that would people, go over well. But I think Reddit did some. Reddit or Twitter were, was getting all like, you know, offended. I don't think you can cancel Taylor Swift. There's certain people that are uncancelable. Uncancelable? Yeah. Because they have so many fans, they would just drown out whatever. It's the Michael have. Jackson effect, right? 
Yeah, I think that that's probably accurate. Yeah, Lamb Goat has a little bit of that too. Can't be canceled. Well, I think that's because we've already been, you know, flushed away down the toilet. So there's really <laughs> so no more harm can be done to the, you know, the brand. Yeah, I mean, if we do get canceled, it's probably better for us. You know what I mean? We would get more recognition. I think we're already canceled. I think that's what I'm getting around to saying. Can't we were canceled, canceled. We were canceled first. Yeah, we are. We're already canceled. <laughs> we got canceled um, before school, man. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it because it's just so depressing. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you'll be okay about my miserable life. Uh, okay, <laughs> so your your wife plays pop, but you're you're not the, the I mean, pop. Okay, fan. I mean, surprise. There's surprising stuff, but I'm not guilty about it. You know, like there's like you shouldn't be really. But, yeah, like, that was a joke. You shouldn't have a guilty pleasure. I think. Yeah, it was a trick question. You're trying to unless get you're me. listening to Attila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's for you, Franz. Not that you'd be he, watching. This he might weather. be watching, but he's he was our first guest, so there's no ill will. That's there. true. No. <laughs> no. Oh man, uh, that got me. Um, like one of my favorite <laughs> bands ever is the 1975. You guys know them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, sure. I love them. Um, there's a there's a like an Icelandic composer um, named Olafur Arnolds who's like he was like ranked my number one Spotify play this year. Um, because I'm obsessed with his music. So there's stuff like that. Like it, there's just, yeah. And, and then hammock is another one. You guys heard of hammock. I have not. Uh, that one, I must plead ignorance. Do you guys like really sort of ambient relaxing music that kind of just like, it sits there like really relaxing wallpaper. You don't have to think about or analyze it. Do you guys like music like that? Like Brian Eno. Yeah. Airport music type stuff. Yeah. Once in a while, but that's not something I, you know, I actively try to listen to. The only time I, I seek out that music is if I actually do want to concentrate and accomplish something without being distracted right. by whatever's yeah. playing. That's perfect because, okay, I'll give you a challenge. Next time you're doing something that requires your undivided attention, whatever, like you're wrapping Christmas presents or whatever, just you're doing something else, washing dishes or freaking getting in fights on the internet with people, um, <laughs> put on put on uh, a hammock record. Uh, and, yeah, just just anyone. This is hammock, like the kind you'd swing in. Yeah, like banana trees, hammock. Trees. Kind okay. of swing. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. All right. Check I'll check that out. Yeah. Those for both of you. It sounds like it'd be in that Calm app, you know, the app that uh, you can subscribe to and they read you stories or have calming music to go to bed with rain in the background. I mean, yeah, there's no rain in it, but it is exactly that. Except it's not, it doesn't feel so Kmart. You know, like when you open these apps and stuff, it just feels like, God, who wrote this crap? True, uh, true. This satisfies that, except it's just, it's like lush and grandiose and uh, it'll fucking move you, man. Like, I, I, yeah, it, it's been a big discovery in my life. Do you, uh, huh? do you listen to the, the chilled cow on YouTube? Is that a person? It's a it's a YouTube account, but they stream uh, they live stream lo-fi hip hop beats like all day. Mm. Oh, that sounds horrible. Well, I don't know. Well, it's not horrible, Alex. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I, since you like that kind of music, it's something that I'll put on in the background. Like my dad used to when on the weekends and stuff like that, he would put on jazz mute like the jazz radio station for uh, the local area here, and I attribute that to kind of like my version of uh me putting on jazz which it's not the same obviously but 
it's just like a chilled lo-fi kind of background noise that's not necessarily like elevator style music or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. It's like this middle ground. It's it's meant to sit in the background, yeah. but it's not Muzak. So it's yeah, 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 Muzak. Yeah, Muzak. Yeah, well, we've we're talking about Muzak, so I guess we've probably covered everything uh, worthy of covering. Am I? Are you anything? Uh, anything yeah, well, we're I got getting here, what, Dave? what are your What are your big albums for the year? Since you had plenty of time to listen to albums, they necessarily Ooh. don't have to be in the heavy genre, but they obviously like the the people who are listening to this probably would want that. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Do you have um, any, uh, 2020 tops for the, for the year, as far as releases, you already mentioned ohms. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Deftones record was really good. Um, what else came out recently? I was, oh, the, the last plenty record that came out a couple weeks ago, uh, was amazing. I'm, li- I'm literally looking through my, uh, my Spotify list right here. Um, they I really on. like the last bring me the horizon record. Uh, I know they get a lot of shit. Interesting. Um, yeah, I really, I really like it. Um, just cause it's like, they, they, you know, you can, you can accuse them of, of wanting to be a radio band and wanting to sell out, want to make more money. But to me, I hear a band that just doesn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks. You know, it's like, we're going to yeah. have a song with the Evanescence chick on it and we're going to write a pop song and we're going to have baby metal on a song. And we know people are going to shit all over this, but we like, that's what I hear. You know, you do have my, to respect their uh, their independence for sure. Uh, yeah. Do do we though? Do we? I don't know. You know, I do. <laughs> I don't even. I don't really let, even listen to them, but I, I do appreciate the fact that they, at this point in time, clearly do not uh, cater to anyone but themselves. No. They've yes, definitely gotten successful, and I don't want to take away from their success or anything like that. But it just, I, I don't know if I'm buying it. That's all. That's fair. That's all fair. right. We better move on. <laughs> um, have you guys heard of a band called Sleep Token? Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I, I'm not I don't... intimately familiar uh, with Sleep Token, but. Okay. Well, they put out a record. I don't know if it came out this year. It may have come out late last year. Um, but uh, that album is, uh, is mind-blowing. That, that may be my favorite thing that I've listened to this year. I come back to that consistently. It's just the singer is masked. So they have this whole, you know, weird mystique thing going on, which is kind of easy to dismiss as a gimmick and you can call it whatever, but, um, it's just this really, really insanely well-produced, um, heavy rock music. Like it has metal moments. uh, So it's like Slipknot. (laughs) More like mushroom head, but you know, it's emo. Yeah. It's uh, it's emo mushroom head. Um, (laughs) that, that sounds really bad. (laughs) <laughs> sorry yeah, i thought we were talking uh, about sleep I thought we were talking about, right, uh, cool. the horizon sorry yeah uh uh what else what else have i been listening to um fuck. oh zealand and ardor they put out they put out an ep that yep. i think was freaking fantastic um what else man uh there's a couple of other ones that i'll probably kick myself for uh for not listening but the, I, I think those are the those are the big ones and that, that, that Icelandic dude, Olafur Arnold, who put out a record last month that's uh, freaking fantastic. Um, but as far as metal goes, like there's, there's stuff that I'm really looking forward to in 2021. But uh, I, think that that's, I, think, I think that's it for metal. All right. Cool. Keep going, Dave. <laughs> uh, what, what about releases that were not metal? Yeah, I, I mean, that, that Olafur Arnold's record. Some. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That, that that 
that was the big one. Um, but uh, yeah, nine seventy five put out a cool record. Um, I don't I don't think it was their best one. Oh, here's an, here's one that does fall under metal. Uh, I really liked Isan's last. You know, is no Isan from Emperor? Yeah, 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 yeah. He put uh, out a solo. I, yeah, it's it's totally not, you know, like Emperor, obviously. But uh, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I heard some of it. I I unfortunately don't uh, spend a lot of time with things. The older I get, like I listen to a song <laughs> here and there, and I never give it its due uh, its due time, but. I have heard good things about, um, you know, his latest record. So I'm it's not cool. It's not Emperor, and it's so far from Emperor, and so far from his other solo stuff. It's it's very with like subdued and restrained, uh, and I just think that dude's a genius. Um, there is one metal record I forgot to mention is uh, is a band called Loathe. Yeah, from yeah. we had we had him on well, the singer Kadeem. Oh yeah. yeah, is he a cool guy? No. No, no, he is definitely a cool guy. Yeah. He sucks. He's he's a he's a young, he's pretty young too. Um, if I can remember correctly, he's like 20, eleven or twelve. Yeah, he's like twenty <laughs> twenty three or twenty five, somewhere in between that ballpark. But it was cool because we had that we had him on way earlier on in the year when the pandemic first started kicking off and everything like that. So he was one of the first uh, remote uh, podcasts that we did. But the the album had just come out, I think, right before that, and um, it's been really cool to see how everyone has kind of taken to that because mm-hmm. I told him in that, I told him in the, uh, you know, the podcast that I was like, I think this is probably going to be one of my favorites for the year. Uh, because it, I don't know, it's just like a groovy, sexy Deftones, like metalcore Deftones is what I called them. So, uh, it's been really interesting to see everybody else, uh, kind of grab onto that. And, you know, they're going to be, they already are, but they're going to be in a lot of top 10 for the year, you know, charts or top whatever for the chart, uh, the year. So they're, they're great. Yeah, band. dude. I, I agree with your, uh, with, with your assessment of that band and that record, <laughs> uh, man, there are moments on that album. I would probably have to call that maybe my top record or, or maybe the second one behind sleep token. Um, there are just some moments on that album that are like the heaviest thing I've ever heard. You know, like that. I'm like, what the fuck? Like the way it's produced, and the way it's mixed, and and just the way it's presented. It's just like Jesus Christ. Like, why do I play metal? Like, why? Like, why do I try? Like, nothing is going to be heavier than this. Um, God damn, that band is good. Yeah. yeah. Like that. That's that kind of stuff gets me excited for like. Because there's a shit ton of bands that are watering down this whole thing, man. Like, right, right, right. I, I, yeah, yeah, like. The, you can find a gent band, some kid in his freaking bedroom wearing sweatpants doing this, like making what they call gent music. I hate that name as a, as a, as a word to describe a type of music, but like, yeah, there's a whole movement out there of, of, you know, of people who, who use it, uh, quite liberally. And, um, (laughs) and I think there are bands that like every once in a while I hear it. I'm like, yep, this is where it belongs. Like this is where the torch fucking belongs. And uh, and I believe that that band has it all right there. So I, I I hope we get to share the stage with those guys sometime soon, man. That that band is fucking excellent. Yeah, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of the new metal metalcore uh, crossover that's going on in the last couple of years here. And they're one of the big proponents of uh, or the one of the big band not big bands, but they're one of the bands that do it very well. They take that you know older new metal sound and they make it into some kind of weird genty metalcore, deftone sexy 
love making record or something. You know, it's crazy. That that thing is so great. <laughs> Who who are who are other bands that are doing? That? I'm just part of my ignorance. Is, are you like talking about bands like Issue? Like who who are you talking about? For like a, like I just a, want to know a new metal like bands that band? do that like like sort of like that cool new metal uh, melding kind of thing. Oh man, uh, it, Burials is one of I don't really want to call them like a new metal crossover, but Knocked Loose. I feel like Knocked Loose is a big one of that. They take a lot of older '90s kind of. Uh, alternative rock, early new, uh, early two thousands new metal, and they do like a good hardcore metalcore mashup with it. Uh, some people do not agree with my uh, opinion of that. No, but, you might you might take some heat for that. Yeah, but I love it, so I don't, I'm not talking shit. Uh, I think you just called Knock Loose uh, Limp Biscuit. That's what I heard. Then, <laughs> and if I did, that's the biggest compliment they could ever have gotten from me. So uh, you know, and I'm not shitting on either of those bands. So they're both my faves. Uh, but um, they're they're a good band for that uh orthodox is an, another mm. band uh from tennessee we've had them on the podcast they're also kind of one of those uh good kind of crossover bands um fuck uh i don't my mind's going blank but there's a bunch of them out there and uh you know once you get on spotify it'll fucking shoot you a couple more bands that that the fans also listen to this you know so okay well i, I that gives me a couple of new bands to explore i Part of, and I hear what you're saying too about the older you get, the less patience you have for like, you know, listening <laughs> yeah. to a ton of new things and spend your whole freaking day discovering things. It's like that's not me anymore. That was me in my early twenties, you know. Um, yeah. Now I'm just a bitter old man who hates gent bands. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. That's about it. <laughs> no, that's kidding. about it. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, that gives me some uh, some Spotify fodder. Straight for, for the path. The that's days. another one too. They've been around for a little bit. Straight from oh, the they're awesome! Yeah, but their they're last awesome. the last album they did, uh, not this year, but last year, I no one told me it was like a perfect marriage of new metal and hardcore because that that is a great record too. It's uh, I didn't even hear what band you said. Straight, straight from the path. Yeah, straight from the path. Oh, straight from the yeah. path. What? Just discovering them now? Where were you? No, I'm just ago? I'm saying that this album they just recently did because I went and I've you know when I listened to it I was like holy crap this is like a uh, a new metal record. It reminded me of there's a a band from Europe, Germany or Denmark or something like that. They're called Nasty, and they also they put a record <laughs> yeah. they put a record out this year that was pretty good too. That was along yeah. the lines of the metalcore new metal vibe. Stuff I heard was pretty cool, but I mean, straight from the path, they were always, every time they'd release something, it was like this is a Rage Against the Machine ripoff. <laughs> um, but I haven't I haven't really listened to their latest record, so I don't know. I haven't either. I'll check it out though. Yeah, it was the last well, year. Everybody's got homework assignments. I gotta go listen to Hammock. Yeah. Hamhock. Hammock. 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 <laughs> hammock. Shit. You're not here be... in uh Pennsylvania Dutch country, we say hammock. Yeah, you're gonna be listening to a whole different <laughs> you're gonna be listening to a whole different record and be like, I don't I'm not understanding I'm not understanding what Mark Why the hell is he about. recommending this bluegrass band? <laughs> <laughs> So where's music going? Uh, where's music going, Mark? The label master and guitar virtuoso. Where, where do you foresee um, heavy music going as far as like the marriages of genres, you know, and everything like that? I don't know. Like I, I get excited about it. Like I know a lot of people like to be defeatists, and you know, oh, you know, it doesn't. It's not like it used to be, and you know, it's, it shit's dead. Like the, some of the bands that we listed, like those bands genuinely get me stoked for where things are going. And, and, uh, 
it, it's just cool to hear. Like, you know, when you hear a band and you can tell that they really, really give a shit and they're not doing it, they're not doing it for any other reasons than to make the exact type of music that they want to make. And maybe I'm being naive and thinking that, you know, all awesome bands are like that. But, um, but it does get me really excited. Like it does, it does make me think to myself, it's like, damn, if, if people like Maroon 5, yeah, like Maroon 5, (laughs) Adam Levine. No. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and from a technical standpoint too, is you start to hear bands tie together elements that like, I'm really picky about like production and like a mix and then combine them with like this insane technical ability, which you used to only hear in certain places. But now, you know, you open, you, you, you open friggin' Instagram and you, you find kids playing guitar better than you could ever imagine yourself playing, you know? And I, I suffer from that dude. It's like, I open, you know, whatever social media platform, I'm like, holy shit, man, like this kid's 16 years old and he's playing circles around me and my whole family. Um, and in, in a certain way you're, you're scared because you feel threatened. I think that's my first instinct is like, Oh my God, what am I? <laughs> and then I take a step back and I'm like, this is pretty amazing because this is not where I was at when I was that age. This is where no one was at when I right. was coming up, you know? And, uh, to see that kind of growth and to see that kind of sort of, self-awareness you know like from 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 people who are not established from people who are not doing things for money who are not doing things to pay bills who are just doing it because they love doing it um that to me is really promising you know yeah so i i, I progression, hope is, progression yeah. of the human race from a, a musical standpoint if we're certainly not progressing in other areas so we'll take the <laughs> the, the ability to play instruments is, is a positive yeah yeah um yeah we'll we'll see man i i remember when i was growing up like you would straight up run the bands who you knew were only in this to get girls or to get to to make money or to be famous and whatnot and when i see people doing the exact opposite um you know it, it's it's it just lights a fire into me because they're like this is why i want to stay in it because i want those people to be my peers you know i want those people to come up so we could be in the same place and I want to all be, you know, I want to be in a circle where we are nothing but those kinds of people. And uh, that's why we tour with who we tour with. Um, right. We are very picky about the bands that we take out because we we sort of have a very keen eye for that stuff. Like, So you will you know, not our, be touring with Attila. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're full, of, you're full of <laughs> some Attila vitriol. I'm just <laughs> picking on Attila tonight. I don't know why they wouldn't be veal, <laughs> Veil of Maya go out on tour with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i true. well it probably isn't a good idea to go out on tour with them if you're trying to be sober anyway you it probably wouldn't be as fun for you you know oh we we love those guys i mean they're they yeah they party hard but like mark is one of those guys who it's like uh uh he and i text about video games like every day he's one of those guys who i know only cares about two things it's video games and music <laughs> and <laughs> like he doesn't give a shit about anything else, and uh, and and I like that. Like that's that's nope. a very he cares simple about girl, mindset. He, he cares about girls too. Does he? Okay. Um, <laughs> you, and, you and Mark talk about girls, David. That's interesting. <laughs> Not uh, no uh, no. 
But if you follow okay. him, on, if you follow him on Twitter, obviously you wouldn't. Know. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but he was a pretty—he was a pretty interesting cat to have on for sure. Uh, I didn't really have any expectations of uh, what to expect when we were talking with him because I didn't—I didn't know him at all outside of Attila. And to be honest with you, I wasn't super. Who are we talking about, Mark? I thought we were talking oh, sorry, about Mark. Uh, Chris. Okay, we're talking about Chris. Yeah, Franz. Yeah, but he was talking about Mark. All right, I, I lost the train. Of Whatever. All right, so. never mind. Anyway, Chris was a cool guest to have on. All right, moving on. <laughs> I, 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 I was. Uh, I wanted to clarify something. That I said that he was a man of simple taste. I didn't mean that as slander towards Mark Kubo. I meant it, and like that's how I am. Like, I, I only care. I'm trying to only care about a handful of things in life, and I like people like that too. Because I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I like these things too, man. It's like these are the things that, that I live and breathe. And I only want to be about those things. Life is complicated. Focus is, is good. Fuck yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, totally, man. Cutting out all that crap. And you mentioned Twitter. That's something else I had to cut out because I noticed it would just put me in a bad mood incessantly. Yeah. Incessantly. That's where I am with my life right now. On yeah. Twitter. <laughs> Especially in this political environment, Twitter. Dude, it's brutal. Can't even go. I can't go anywhere. It's you like, gotta, but you gotta uh, learn. You gotta learn to just keep scrolling and not enter. Not don't let that shit into your head. And I know it's hard for people yeah. to hear that, but like, I it doesn't. None of that shit bothers me on social media anymore because I just don't care. I don't care what anyone's opinion is necessarily anymore. <laughs> You're a better man than I because I I can't do that. Like I can't. And, and some days I'm more disciplined. It, I don't let it rattle me. But like. You know, you just see it at the wrong time. You see somebody's stupid opinion at the wrong time. You're like, why do I need to know this person who I went to fucking high school with's opinion about the Secretary of Defense, what he said in an interview? It's like, why, why, why do I need to know that? I don't need to know that, you know? Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying, and I wish I could have that kind of uh, fortitude when it comes to that kind of thing. But I figure the most direct path for me is just um, amputation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's fortitude. I think David's drinking again, like you said. Uh, well, that yeah. <laughs> like you said. <laughs> I can ju- it's easier to scroll when it's all blurry and you're drunk, you know? <laughs> yeah. He scrolls because he can't read it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think we I don't wanna we don't wanna take up your whole uh I got one more. Your, I, got your one more. Night. I got one more. Do it. Do it. What was the two thousand twenty uh game of the year for you? Video game of the year, Mark. Oh, um, or what did you it was play a lot of? of? Sorry? What what was your top game or what did you play a lot of? It was probably a tie between The Last of Us 2 and Ghosts of Tsushima um, uh, for PlayStation 4. Uh, I, I, just, I just picked up Cyberpunk um, for PlayStation 4 and holy shit, it barely runs uh, on I was my console. Say, it's pretty buggy, I heard, on PlayStation 5, so good luck with that. Oh, man. And I'm playing on the 4, on the base PS4. So it's just, it's comical. Like I'm having, I'm trying to like get through it because I know that it's a good game and I know there's like a really good story and I know it's an awesome game deep down, but uh, man, it is tough to get through. Like uh, with the, with the crashes, with the, with the, with the bugs happening nonstop, I'm really trying, but uh, part of me just wants to say, fuck it and get a, <laughs> and get a good gaming PC or wait till the PS five uh, comes back in, in, in stock. So so yeah, those are those are my two. Last of Us Two and uh, and Ghost of Tsushima. No Among Us or about, whatever it is. Among Us, you said? Yeah, I don't know. People be playing that on the internet. Yeah, I, I was not like on cell phones and shit. I don't know. Yeah. I've never even downloaded yeah. it, so I don't know. 
I have friends who play that. I haven't given it a shot yet. Is it cool? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Again, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm, com- I'm commenting on pop culture. That's all. I just I'm just commenting what I see in the uh, universe. You have the pulse of the people. Yeah. Uh, well, I, as far as games for me, I think is that what you were asking? Like my game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have a I don't have a console anymore, and my Mac is not a gaming computer. I did play like dota 2 which is like a league of legends kind of thing oh yeah oh yeah uh but i guess my main go-to game this year has to be pokemon go <laughs> oh you play i play too well we'll friend each other up guy we'll send gifts back and forth friend me bro uh i play with with uh, marco kubo actually he uh, he and i and spencer are the singer of our band we all play together we do raids and shit every no, day i knew that you guys definitely played because i've seen the youtube videos of you guys recording hail satan or, or another like mini docu series that you guys did for an album, and you guys definitely took breaks to go Pokemon. Did you just say Hail Satan? <laughs> I did. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he's he's twisted your album title into something. It's okay. Evil. It, hail what? Satan. Hail Stan. Hail Santa. Whatever you guys want to call. Oh, it. Hail Stan. Yeah. Are you serious? It's been Hail Stan this entire time. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought you were I joking. Legit- no, been, I legitimately Hail Satan. Yeah, I legitimately thought it was Hail Satan, and I was thinking, like, all right, whatever, cool. <laughs> dude, no, dude, that well, free album, Hail Satan. I mean, I've literally, I, I have literally been, I've listened to it, I have looked at it many, many times, and I guess it's just one of those things, it's like, when you're a graphic designer and you see the same word over and over and over and over again, but in different fonts, it just automatically looks spelt wrong, so. No, know. I think it means you're an innately evil person. David, maybe. Sorry, <laughs> sorry maybe. to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> Satan is just twisting it to make me see it, you know, and I can just see Satan wherever I look. When when we announced that album title, so many of our fans took to social media and they were like, "I'm so disappointed, guys! Like, why the Satan worship? Like, I'm so bummed out." You know, like, yeah, I was one of them apparently. <laughs> that was, yeah, I was gonna say that's probably Dave. <laughs> You've lost guys a fan. Betrayed me. Oh my god, that'll be something. Yeah. They'll in, they'll talk about now. Good, 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 good. Yeah, you, you're just trying to live down Veal of Maya, and now you're on <laughs> Hail Satan. Well, I like the other band, Zao, too. You know, that's a good band. I like Zao. Yeah. I like, uh, Zao. Yeah. That's all right. I'll go sleep in my hammock. <laughs> hammock. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Well, before I, yeah, before I fuck up anything else. Shit here. Yeah, this was, this was awesome, guys. No, we... we Totally appreciate it, man. And uh, we look forward to something uh, from Periphery someday. Uh, yeah. And the Haunted Shores but, record, too. I, that, that'll be out. Oh, yeah, soon. yeah. I want to hear that. The way you've described it, it sounds pretty uh, Sounds pretty crazy. I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm stoked for people to hear it. I'm really, really psyched for it. So, so and, yeah. And, uh, Mark, I'll uh, send you my Pokemon trainer code uh, via the Snap, uh, not Snapchat. Via the Skype, and uh, we'll uh, send some gifts back and forth. Do it, man. Do it, and we'll uh, we'll get that incel life on. You know what I mean? Pokemon <laughs> yeah. Go all day. Hell yeah! I just need some more uh, remote raid passes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy them, dude. That's what I do. I, I I have no shame in saying that I pay money for it. You know, I, I should it. I should because I play the damn game so much that I feel like I mean I've been playing for years, but I feel like I should spend money on it. But then again, part of me is like I'm not there with the spending money on uh cell phone games because to me it doesn't feel like a game does that make sense like but, but, a, 
But yeah, but nobody's looking. Like nobody's ever gonna know. Just do it and then forget it happened. You know? Like just just do it real quick and then don't ever think about it again. Did you so buy a hundred dollars worth of Pokemon coins? No, that's <laughs> what you're talking about. I don't know. Before we get any nerdier, we should cut it. We should just cut it. <laughs> you guys no, like talk about <laughs> Yeah. Satan and pocket protectors. <laughs> they do go hand in hand, you know. But seriously, man, appreciate it. And uh I'm sure we'll uh well, I won't be playing Pokemon Go or anything. You guys can, you know, do that. <laughs> but otherwise, I'll hit, I'll see you around in the uh the lamb goat music periphery world. But thank you uh, much for your time. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, we'll see you down the road. Yeah, Mark, have a good one, bro. Thanks for giving me your time, guys. I appreciate it. And thank you for the years of support, by the way. I've always wanted to reach out and tell you guys that. You guys have always been supremely kind to us uh, over there. So um, just wanted to say thank you formally. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, and the feeling is mutual. Uh, as a, You guys are one of the staples of the scene. And I'm thankful for, for bands such as yourselves that are reliable and getting it done. Yeah, just keep those checks coming in and uh, all the positive news and reviews will keep coming, you know? <laughs> we're, we're still on the air, David. Oh, God, sorry. Okay, uh, we're going to cut it now. I don't know what he's talking about. All right, Mark, have a good one, bro. All right, well, thank you so much, guys. Take care. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe to Grind podcast.